0: Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento, and man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it, so get ready to receive from God today.
1: And in this attitude of worship, I want you to just hear these words that we're preaching from today, but this is his words for us today. He says this, Galatians 5, 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident: sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Sometimes in his presence, he warns us. He's faithful to do that. But the fruit of the spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus, who belongs to Jesus in this room? And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us all keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying One another. Let's stay in the Spirit, church. So, with that heart and with that word, turn to your neighbor and say, Let's get in step. Get in step. Y'all ready to get in step with the Spirit this morning?
0: Come on, come on. Me and Chrissy are excited to be sharing together. If you're new here, we're so glad you're here. Welcome to Project Church. And uh, we believe God's going to encourage us today. We've been in this series called Verified, Fan or Follower, where we've been identifying what a true follower of Jesus looks like. Because, I mean, you know, we're in a culture that's spiritual, that likes some of the things of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, maybe even applies some to their lives, but it's only when it's convenient. And I think that in this culture, in this day, in this moment, even in Christianity, in church, there's a lot of people who are fans But there's very few people who are truly followers of Jesus. And that's what a disciple is. A disciple, by definition, is a follower. And so we've been in this series, verified, verifying people of what, this is what a follower of Jesus truly looks like. And so today, we want to talk to you about being spirit-empowered, spirit-led people. The title of our message is, Who You Walking With? As Chrissy read... We talked about, are you walking in step with the spirit or in step with the flesh? And every day there's a battle going on within yourself. Do you know this? And there's a battle. The battle is the flesh versus the spirit. And what we feed usually is what wins the battle. So it's about what we're feeding. And uh, I wanted to start this, though, by framing because it talked all about the spirit. I want to frame real quick the triune God. So first of all, we believe in the Trinity God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three-in-one trinity. And here's what Scripture tells us and teaches us. God the Father is enthroned in heaven. He's not here on this earth moving among us and with us. No, he, he created the earth, and then he established himself firmly in the heavens, enthroned in the heavens, and that's where he dwells. God the Son, Jesus, dwelt on this earth for a season, for a time, 33 years, died rose again, we believe, we believe in a resurrected Savior, and then elevated um, to heaven, and now is seated at the right hand of the Father. So God the Father is in heaven, enthroned. God the Son, Jesus, is seated at the right hand of the Father, also enthroned. But the Holy Spirit, God the Spirit, the third part of the Trinity, is active and moving on this earth. And the Bible tells us that when you come to faith in Jesus, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, actually comes and dwells within you. In Acts chapter 2, we see that he came to give us power. He dwells within us, gives us power. He's our comforter. He's our guide. He directs us, our counselor, our empowerer. And so the Spirit is active in your life. And that's what this text is talking about. It's talking about that the Spirit of God is in you, and you have to walk in step with that Spirit because At all times, the flesh part of you is battling the spirit part of you. Even when you're saved, you know that? Even when you know Jesus, the flesh can still be strong in your life. The flesh is still pulling for your attention. So we want to illustrate this. In fact, we're going to illustrate this together, Chrissy and I. And uh, here's how we're going to do that. We want to dance together for you, church. Is that okay? So I don't know how you feel about dancing but I grew up in a very religious church environment. In my home growing up, dancing was not allowed. We didn't go to dances, we weren't allowed to have dances at weddings, and so all the Christian weddings I went to, it was cake and snacks, and you sit around a table and just like chill, right? Um, and, and so we did not turn up, okay, at these, at these, uh, these parties, these, these weddings. It, and,
1: it, it was such a foreign concept to me. It was like, we're, we're just having cake, and it's just background music. And there was no, there's tables everywhere. I was like, where's the dance floor? It was just bizarre to me. So
0: obviously culture has shifted. (laughs) Christy and I broke the mold. We actually had dancing at our wedding. Come on, somebody. And, uh, (laughs) but going to our first wedding, we weren't married yet. And Christy's like, dance with me. And I'm like, I don't know how. And she was like, that's okay. Come, I'm going to lead you. Now I'm a man, (laughs) y'all. And I know that it's a man's job. To lead the woman. uh, You know, biblically, but also on the dance floor, I feel like. But here's what's interesting. Why would I be prideful enough to think I should lead my wife on the dance floor when I have no training, no background, no rhythm, no ability? I've never even done it. Why would I get up there and be so prideful to think, okay, now I'm going to lead you? That would not go well. And in the same way, How many of us are going, no, no, Spirit, I got this. My flesh is going to lead this. Like, come on, come on. I I know what, what to do. I know how to do this thing right. I know how to lead myself. And this is what we do. And so, Chris, I want to illustrate this because because you got to see it, right, visually. And so, we're going to turn on some wedding music, right? Yeah,
1: and and I wanted to say, I'm just so glad that he finally did come with me. Like, the first wedding that he came out with me, because sometimes in our walk, when we are insecure about something, we just stay seated, and we sit and watch everybody else dance, and you're missing a good time. So, I pulled him out, and I showed him, listen, we just... We can act like we know what we're doing, or you, and I'll, I'll make it look like you're leading. So if I tell did. you, take one step, two step, and then a couple fast ones. One, two, couple, fast ones. Okay, so I don't know what kind it's of pretty easy. What kind of wedding music you guys dance to. About. Do you have a wedding song back there? Maybe that, okay. Oh yeah, yeah you guys are one. about
0: this. You know. Okay, here we go. One, two, three, four. That's- you were three, supposed to lead four, us. Go, five, Le- lead me, six, Spirit.
1: Seven, eight. Here we go. Yeah, you gotta wait. gotta uh, wait right. on the You're right, I got excited. Did you that? Oh, here we go. My flesh come, got yeah. me going. Yeah, there we go. So we we look like we know what we're doing, right? And then we're gonna go this way. Oh, it looks okay. like he's leading me, but he's not. <laughs> and I'm just kind of pulling. I'm just kind of showing it. See, we got this. Oh, look, yeah. Do we look like okay, we know what we doing? Okay, that's yeah. good, that's good, that's good. Okay. That's okay. Good. okay.
0: okay. Wait, wait. And what- what was it you were telling me? So, so with the man, he always sets with the left first. Yes, and the he woman sets goes to the with left the right.
1: because the woman is always right. Correct? That's how you can remember it. Guys, I'm giving you some tips. If you didn't know what to do on the dance floor, guys start with the left. Girls go right because we're right. Okay, here we always go. Always
0: right. Yeah, I like it. But
1: here's the thing. We're always, we're in different environments when we're being in step with the Spirit. Sometimes we're at church and it's really happy and easy like this, but then there's other environments that we can get into. Can you play another song, maybe another wedding? I mean, it's a different environment.
0: It's still spiritual, God's plan. Thank you, Drake.
1: (laughs) Right? Okay. New environment. We can play this in church. Can we still be in step with the Holy Spirit in a new environment?
0: I don't know. Lead me, Spirit.
1: Five, six, five, six, seven, eight, one, two, one, two. You have to go faster. gotta follow.
0: Okay, it's working. Whoa. <laughs> Who knew you could dance a drink this way? Right? Here we go. Okay, that's enough of that. But how many of you know sometimes in your life, you're going through life and you end up in a very ratchet environment. Can, can you, you still walk and step with the spirit? Yeah, here we In a ratchet environment, watch. Here we go. Let's see. I mean, can we do? It, it gets ratchet at work. It gets ratchet with friends. It gets ratchet, y'all feel me? When okay, it gets ratchet. And you know some weddings are ratchet like this, right? Here we go. They three, play this song at every five, wedding, and I still am like, geez, Spirit, lead me." One, two, you missed three, it. Four. I'm following you. You gotta wait on the Holy Spirit. One. Okay. Two.
1: Five, six, seven, eight. One, two, hey, hey, hey. hey. Okay, we, can't play, we anymore can't play any more of this song. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm telling already you, feeling
0: the spirit. It is
1: adventurous. Room. It is adventurous and it is age-old. It is timeless when you walk with the Holy Spirit. I just need one more. I just need one more. You want to see one more song? Okay, maybe one more song. Because it gets really fun. It's timeless. Classy. Oh, here we go. And it gets really fun. Five, six, five, six, seven, eight, one. One. Oh, oops. That was <laughs> you. You just have to follow, bro. Okay. My fault. See, and it's more fun.
0: Okay.
1: I'm still myself. <laughs> That's right. <fine. laughs> one, two. Okay, we're good. We're okay. Good. It's more fun. You can do twirls. It's timeless. Okay.
0: So listen, (laughs) this was fun, but I do think it's a powerful illustration when we really think about it. Like, are we walking in step with the Spirit in every environment? Because as I said, it would be crazy for me to have tried to lead myself in something that I do not have the ability to lead myself in. And I think that so many of us are trying to live this Christian life in our own strength We're trying to live this faith journey with our flesh at the forefront instead of the Spirit at the forefront. And so I want you to take this away today. Um, You decide daily whether to let the Holy Spirit lead you or let the flesh destroy you. Because as Chrissy just read this text, she just read it for you, it shows us that the flesh leads to destruction and death. But when you let the Spirit lead you, He's going to lead you to the best life. He's going to lead you to a life empowered, a life of purpose, a life of hope and, 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 and love. And that's what God has for us. So we have three questions for you today to help you stay in step with the Spirit. I want you walking. We want you walking in step with the Spirit, not the flesh. So if
1: you're taking notes, make sure you write this down. First question. These are the questions that we have to ask. God doesn't give us a to-do question. We need to stay curious about what he wants. He's inviting us to ask him more questions. So the question I want you to ask is, what does it look like being in step with the flesh? What does it look like to be in step with the flesh? You know, I think about what a lot of us try to do when we are trying to make a change in our life. When we're trying to make a change, sometimes we attack it from the outside and then in, rather than the inside out. And what I'm saying by that is, have you ever heard of this concept of being skinny fat? (laughs) Okay, well, it's this concept that people who appear skinny may appear healthy, but just because you're skinny doesn't mean you're healthy inside. I think about some people, and there have been moments in my life, okay, I know everybody's saying it, Chrissy's skinny, whatever, I'm skinny. But there are moments where I'm eating a lot of toxic things, and it doesn't matter what I'm looking like, I might feel really bad. I might feel really um, depleted in my energy because of what I'm putting in my body. So it doesn't matter what my size is on the, out, what my size or how I look on the outside is, It's what we're feeding our souls. So we need to understand that we can't just address the symptoms of our flesh and our sin, we have to understand the roots of our flesh and that's incorrect desire desires. Um, you know, I, 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 as I think about this, when I'm telling you, like, here's what the flesh looks like, sometimes we think, okay, in order to get out of this flesh, I just have to become more disciplined and when I become more disciplined, I'm doing things that aren't wrong. I'm not doing the things that are listed here. So I'm just going to do the right thing on the outside. But when you think about it, discipline sometimes is of the flesh. Sometimes it's gratifying your flesh. Flesh is gratifying our own desires. And I think we have to dig into the word um, flesh in the Greek. And it's... And it's this word epithemia. The Greek word "themia" means desires or passions, right? And how many people have desires and passions? Some people erroneously think that desires are wrong. Like we, we just shouldn't have any more desires. I just have to be, do whatever God tells me to do. And I just have to put to death all my own desires. And in our own control and in our own discipline, we shut off our desires, well, God gives us desires. Oftentimes, our desires and our passions are what lead us to his purposes. He's placed desires in us. So, themia, passions and desires, they aren't wrong in and of itself, but the word is translated epithemia, And the word part of that word epi, epi, means over. So, it's when we have desires that are overly desirable, We're overly passionate about some things. How many people know that there's moments when our flesh takes over and we become overly passionate about something, overly desiring something? We become obsessed, and that leads us down the wrong path. So the problem is not your desires. The problem is over-desiring some things in our lives. The problem with over-desiring is that that becomes part of our identity, when we over desire something, we make it a part of our identity and it becomes who we are. There's a list of wrong things here: idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, etc. etc. All these things can be boiled down to four different groups, which is sex, religion, society, or drinking. And these are I don't again, sometimes we get down and we're like, okay, I shouldn't do idolatry check, no sexual morality check, impurity check. But when you actually look at these four areas, it's good things that are that are distorted and they become impure. So these good things end up becoming God things. Sex is a good thing. It's good to have sex with your husband. Wives and wives, husbands. Okay, I don't know why I said that. It's good to have Religion. It's good to have... Religion isn't bad in and of itself. Coming to church is not bad, but when we overly do it, then it's distorted. When we have... We love sex so much, but we overly love it that we go into other arenas that sex wasn't meant for, and then that makes sex go bad. We being... Drinking wine, okay? I just know everybody thinks differently about alcohol, but desiring a glass of wine, we don't believe, is wrong. But... Being excessive about it leads to drunkenness. So do you see how good things become bad things? And that's essentially idolatry. So we have to understand that the flesh is not desires. Desires can be good, but it's when they become a part of your identity and when they become overly and excessively um, desirable. And I need you to also understand, in verse 21, it says... It's kind of like harsh. I warn you, as I warned you before, for those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. When he says such things, when he when those who do such things and that is in a more present um the the word that's being used is present tense and it's like a continuation, perfect present perfect tense. It means that you're continuing to do something. It means it's a habitual thing. It doesn't mean that you did one Sexually impure thing, and so you can 't inherit the kingdom of god he 's addressing the Galatians who are finding themselves in bondage to sin and habits and lifestyles that are taking them down the wrong direction so this isn 't an issue of a one off sin this is an issue of habitual sin okay and so these lifestyles these these lifestyles and these identities um, become Uh, erroneous. And we start giving into those fleshly desires and gratifying that. But we have to understand that the root is not the desire. The root is the excessiveness.
0: Yeah. And you talked about the gratification there, Chrissy, which when I read this, this week, it really jumped out at me when it says, but I say, verse 16, walk by the spirit. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You will not gratify the desires of the, of the flesh. And how many know the flesh only wants to be gratified? That's its entire goal. Now, it's not bad if you're hungry to satiate the desire for hunger, okay? But the problem with the flesh is the flesh is only seeking its own edification or its own gratification while the Spirit of God comes to edify the body, which then edifies others, Gratification is temporary satisfaction, and the flesh may provide you with a good moment. How many you know, your flesh may provide you I'm not even saying it's a bad moment It feels like a good moment. This is what the flesh does, and why it's so enticing. But the flesh, while it may give you a good moment, it becomes a very bad master. And some of you have allowed the flesh and your flesh to lead you because the gratification feels good for a moment. But when you allow that to be the dictating force in your life, it will become a bad master for you. Good moments will lead to lifelong miseries if you continue to let the flesh lead you. And that's why this is so important, as Chrissy was just talking about, what does it look like to walk in step with the flesh? We cannot let the flesh be the one that dictates and directs our lives. And so when we're, you know, illustrating this, this these dance moves, and I'm following the Spirit, Chrissy, I'm following her, I'm walking in step with her. Why is that so important? Because the Spirit is going to lead us to the right places. The flesh will lead you to only what is instant gratification, temporary satisfaction, and often becomes lifelong miseries if you continue to allow it to lead you. Which is the second question that we wanna ask you today is what does it look like to be in step with the Spirit? Because while the flesh only wants to be gratified, the Spirit wants to edify you, build you up, strengthen your life, and when that happens, then you are stronger for the people around you too. The Spirit is moving, but you have to keep in step with Him. So I think sometimes we, we read this and we're like, yeah, yeah, keep in step with the Spirit. Like, no big deal. But how many of you know that it takes daily waking up and deciding that I'm going to follow the Spirit today instead of the flesh? Because here's what some of you do. The Spirit is always moving. And so what I need to be doing is walking, watching where the Spirit is going. So I'll be watching, but very easily, my flesh, I'm in step, I'm in step, but then my flesh distracts me, this is awkward. and I start taking my eyes off the spirit, okay, yeah. and I'm like, whoa, check that out, look at that person, look what's going on there, and before you know it, I turn, spirit, Dancing. and the spirit has gone to a whole other place. The Spirit is doing something that I could have been a know. part of the whole time. I don't
1: know, I don't know what I'm doing now. That's
0: and I've lost, I've lost my, my vision. And so when I say, you, you can stop now, Chrissy, come back. I'm sorry. Did she just pull out the moonwalk? I was waiting for her to do it. You're supposed to be helping me here. now I'm just joking. Spirit is moving. You have to keep in step with it. And I think so many of us are taking our eyes off the Spirit. And when we do that, before we know it, we're so far from what he's doing and where he's going that we don't even know how to get back in step with him again. And so here's what I see uh, when, when it comes to like being in step with the Spirit. I think a lot of us are doing it backwards. And we're trying to have the fruits of the Spirit come out of our lives. So we're trying to do these fruits, so, here's what you know. I mean, you guys heard me read the fruits of the Spirit, right? So, love, joy, or Chrissy read it love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control, all these, the, the nine fruits of the Spirit. So, I'm trying to be loving, and I'm trying to be patient, and I'm trying to be peace filled. I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be faithful, trying to be gentle, trying to have self control. But that's not what this tells us to do. It says, walk in step with the Spirit. Don't get it backwards. Some of you are working to have the fruits of the Spirit instead of focusing on where the Spirit is going. If you just watch the steps of the Spirit and mimic the steps, then guess what's gonna come out of you naturally? The fruits. You can't get it backwards. If you're just trying to do the fruits, you're gonna fail. You're going to fall short, or the fruits will come with impure motives. But if you are staying fixated on where the Spirit is going and the steps that the Spirit is taking, then naturally, I know, I'm struggling, then naturally the fruits will come out of you. They're fruits of the Spirit, not fruits of your strength. Fruits of the Spirit, not fruits of your flesh. Fruits of the Spirit, not fruits of your striving. And so, so often we try to be this, and we're working hard to be all these things. Fake it till you make it, Caleb, come on. But it says, no, walk in step with the Spirit, and the fruits will follow. So my challenge to us is that we would just keep our eyes fixed on the Spirit, fixed on the Spirit of God. How do you do that? Daily, you wake up, you say, Spirit, you lead me today. God, I want to go where you want to go. God, I want my ear to be attuned to you. God, I wanna follow what you're asking me to do. I wanna be obedient to what you are challenging me with. The problem is, we try to do. And we make the fruits of the Spirit a checklist. And then what happens is it pulls us back into the law. Yeah. And I don't know if you were paying attention when Christy read this earlier, but, but watch this. It says, it says here in verse number 18 first, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. How many know you're not under the law anymore? You're in a new covenant. You're in a new relationship with Jesus. You're not under the law. It, our relationship with Jesus is not a list of do's and don'ts. So even this list of all the things that are, that are immoral, they're not a list of don't just do this because if you don't do this, then you'll get into heaven. No, this is what happens when you let the Spirit lead you or the flesh lead you. These are the results. And then it goes on. After it lists the whole all the fruits of the Spirit, in verse number 23, it says, against such thing, There is no law. What does this mean? We were studying this together this week. We're like, what does this mean? This means that when you walk in step with the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit will naturally flow out of you. And the law, the Old Testament law, religion, a list of do's and don'ts, will never accomplish what a life in step with the Spirit will accomplish. Does this make sense? that the law, I mean, you could do your, you could strive so hard and follow everything to the T as much as you can. It will never accomplish as much, be as powerful, impact lives, or change your life as much as a life in step with the Spirit will. And so don't put yourself under the law and say, I just got to not do these things and do these things, and then I'm right with God, and then God will use me. No, I just got to keep my eyes fixed on the steps of the Spirit. And when I do, then guess what? I'm going to live the life that Jesus has called me to live. I'm going to live a life that's just like Jesus. That's what it is. So what does it look to be in step with the Spirit? Not putting yourself under a law again, yeah. but allowing your heart to get connected to the Spirit that wants to lead you to the better things, the greater things, the purposeful things, the hope-filled things, yeah. Yeah. The, the life that he meant for you to live.
1: So we know what it looks like to walk in the flesh. We know what it looks like to walk in the spirit. It looks like those, um, all those fruit of the spirit, but how do you stay in step with the spirit? You know, we added something to our church um, and it's really something called spiritual formation. It's a fancy way of saying discipleship. It's a fancy way of saying we are becoming more like Christ. So we even hired somebody and she's our spiritual formation pastor, Alex Maliza. <laughs> And the reason why...
0: She does really mean announcements, too.
1: Yeah, she does great. She looks beautiful up there. Um, so spiritual formation, you might be like, okay, I, discipleship, spiritual formation. You have to understand, like we say at Project Church, we're all a people in progress, right? We're all becoming more like Jesus. When you think about what spiritual formation is, walking with the Spirit allows us to become more like Him, so staying in step with the Spirit is staying committed to the process of being spiritually formed. And just, just a quick thing, we're so excited because this fall we're going to be launching really discipleship here, um, slightly different than we've done it in the past, but we have three things that we're going to provide everybody, and it's courses, community, and contribution. It's opportunities for you to be spiritually formed. The courses are going to be about doctrine, about the Holy Spirit, about gifts of the Spirit, about different things you may have wanted to learn, learning how to read the Bible. We want to have these courses so you have a great connection with God. And then we're going to continue to do community because we find friends in community, right? Because we're not meant to do it just like this. We're meant to do it like this, right? Do you see how you're forming a cross? (laughs) Connection with him, connection with one another, and then contribution. We want you to serve. You have opportunities to serve here in the church. You have opportunities to serve. Somebody just told me first service that they love serving at Yolo Food Bank last week, and it's just blessed them so much. And because we want to become more like Jesus who gave everything. He contributed everything. He gave everything. He came down to this earth to serve Not to be served. Do you see that? So we've got to stay committed to spiritual formation. And as a church, we want to continue to provide those opportunities. But then again, we don't want your motivation to just be, I want to be good. I want to be better. No, we want to understand and be motivated by something more pure than our own desires. Hear me on this. Parents, you'll really understand this in the room. When when we catch our kids doing something wrong, oftentimes as parents, we'll try to motivate them to do better. For instance, if our kids lie, we, we tell them, I don't want you to lie because people won't trust you if you lie. I don't want you to lie because I can't trust you if you're lying and if you're not telling the truth. And when I say that, I'm motivating my child through fear. Do you hear that? Or there's times where we say, don't lie because you're better than that. You are better than that. You can be better than that and you're making me look bad, whatever. And we're we're, we're motivating them, maybe not by fear, but by pride. And we keep ourselves in bondage, we keep our kids in bondage if they're only motivated by fear and pride. So if we are motivated to be more, to look good in front of other people, if we're motivated um, by our own self discipline, it's all gratifying our flesh. But what we need to be motivated by is Jesus. We have to be motivated by Jesus. Jesus. As a pastor here, we want to motivate you to give, right? But I don't want to motivate you by saying, listen, we want to give more than the other church gave. Give more, give more, be more generous. Be. That's out of compulsion. That's out of fear. That's out of pride. But we, we say here, generosity is our privilege because we serve a God who is generous. So we freely give. So our motivation comes to a place where we're becoming more like Jesus. We're giving because that's what Jesus did. It's not because we're afraid. It's not because we're prideful. It's because we're motivated purely by his love. So how do you stay in step with the spirit? It says this in verse 23, excuse me, 24. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions. We crucify our flesh. And you're like, wait, that's me doing again. No, the thing about crucifying our flesh is that we're putting something to death in our lives. We're putting our flesh to death. Because what does the cross represent? It re- represents Jesus going to the cross for us to pay the penalty for our sins once and for all. It's putting to death our flesh. And sometimes crucifixion is painful. How many people know when we put our flesh to death, when we lay our flesh down, when we crucify our flesh, sometimes it's painful. And sometimes that's a mark that we should be letting something go, sometimes when it's painful. But also I want you to understand that crucifying our flesh reminds us of what Christ did on a cross because there was imminent death. Death some of us stay in bondage to our sin and are not walking in the fullness of his freedom because we have not made a final decision to say no to what has been holding us captive. When we crucify our flesh, we make a decision once and for all, we're putting this to death because Jesus already paid the penalty for this sin. Do you see that? Staying close to Jesus and understanding what he did on a cross is what helps us stay motivated to let our flesh die. Jesus doesn't want you to strive. He doesn't want you to complete a list. He doesn't want you to check off everything off of a list. He's saying, I just want you to be with me. I just want you to understand how much I love you. We want to be motivated by our love for him and his love for us, not fear, not pride. Here's what John 15:4 says, "Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me." Guys, when we crucify our flesh, We're remembering what God did on the cross, what Christ did on the cross, and we're staying close to what He did. We're staying in His presence. When we can remember what He did for us, we're in His presence. It's the safest place to be. And it's not in our own strength, it's in the revelation of His goodness. And He's saying, just stay with me, just be in my presence. Crucify that flesh. And sometimes crucifying the flesh is staying at the feet of the cross, at the foot of the cross. And abiding in him. Staying in his presence. Stay in step with him.
0: Throw verse 24 up one more time. We said, how do you stay in step with the spirit? Hear me, church. It's all about knowing where you belong. It says, those who belong to Christ. They don't try to crucify the flesh. If you belong to Christ, you have crucified the flesh it's past tense you recognize this so I wonder if the reason some of us are so caught up in the passions and desires of the flesh we're so stuck in the sin it's because we don't see where we belong we don't see whose we are my son this week won elementary school president so when you see Canaan around you can call him Mr. President y'all okay but in his speech, he, he wrote in his speech, he said, I'm running for president. And 20 years ago, 20 some years ago, a little more, my dad was also the president. He said, so leadership runs in my blood. And then he won. But I think it's interesting that he just sees himself as a leader. He walks in the, with the perspective of a leader. When my kids walk into the church here, they walk in here like they own the place. Why? Because they're pastor's kids. No, because they know they belong here. Yeah. Like this is their home. Yeah. They see it that way. And I think that there's so many Christians walking and they're stuck in the passions desires of the flesh and it's because they don't see where they belong they don't recognize that they're already God's kids they're my children they have everything that I have in them and on them and so today I just wanted you we wanted you to just recognize where you belong because when you recognize that crucifying the things of the flesh it just happens You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to work at it. I'm telling you right now, it just flows out of the matter, out of the fact that you go, no, I'm a child of God. I'm connected to the spirit. I'm connected to the father. I walk like Jesus. I got the same power that rose him from the dead. It lives in me. I don't have to get caught up in the things of this world because that's not me. The stuff out there, that's not my identity. The stuff that my friends are running in, I don't do that. No, I belong to something different. And today I wanted to remind you where you belong, church. Sons and daughters. You see, the crucifixion of the flesh and the passions, desires, it's already happened. Because Jesus already paid it all, covered it all, took it all, shouldered it all for you. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the Waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.